With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. The only Dallas Stars fan-led podcast. I'm Ryan, here with Chris. Howdy. And what a game. Uh, I still feel really ticked off after that game. <laughs> this, was the, this was the least stressful Stars game in a while for me, actually. Because even though it ended with only a one goal, with only a one goal lead, we kind of had two goals for most of the game, at least. So that was good. <laughs> well, around... Well, actually, at the end of the first period, I think I was really ticked off. From then on until the end of the game, and we'll get we'll get into that here in a second. But what uh, we want to talk about a couple of things: uh, one really sad note, and one really happy note. Um, I guess we'll start with the sad news. Um, uh, Mr. Chadwick Boseman uh, passed away a couple days ago, or was it yesterday? It might have been yesterday. Uh, he passed away from cancer, a and days he was ago only. From when they listen. Right, yeah, I guess a couple days. So a couple days from when you guys hear this. Um, he was only 43, and to lose someone like that, especially with the big name and the the people that he represented, and especially for the black community, um, it, it's a really sad loss for the black community and also just for the world in general. Yeah, he, 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 he played really big roles in a couple of my favorite movies, obviously the Marvel stuff. I love Marvel. And he also was Jackie Robinson in the movie 42, which was one of my favorite baseball movies. So pretty sad. Well, and we just want to hope if they ever listen to us, which I don't think they would, but we just want to let them know that we're sitting here praying for him right now. And with all they've had to go through and, you know, honestly, we saw nothing, no hint that he even had cancer. The only kind of hints that we might have had if we if people were really looking for it was looking at the pictures on Twitter. So he was getting absolutely roasted on Twitter because he, he very rarely posted, uh, re- especially recently, over the past month or two. And uh, he was getting roasted for how skinny he was looking. And that just goes to show you, you don't... You never you know, know what's going on with somebody. Yeah, and, and like I can't imagine like imagine being one of those trolls now and you're thinking like, Oh crap. I can't believe I said that about him on Twitter. Yeah. And you know, just prayers out to him and prayers out to his family. Be nice to people always. Right. You just gotta be kind, guys. Seriously, that and we're really gonna miss him and uh well we'll just leave it at that and we'll pray for All his right. family. Back to the now, happy note. Now back to the happy note. This is a cool thing. El Paso, Texas won Craft Hockeyville, USA. Yes. How cool is that? I'm getting that chills on awesome. my spine right now. How it's, freaking cool is that? It's super awesome seeing how much the sport has grown. Just 
like in the in the past couple of years in Texas because uh, like the Winter Classic, huge blow up of everything. I've never seen so many Stars fans in one place. I didn't think that many hardcore fans existed. It was crazy seeing that much green in that stadium that day. And then just our attendance numbers have been some of the highest in the league this past season and the season before, actually. And then this on top of it is just it's just super cool. I know I was there just spamming the vote button like all day, the day <laughs> it opened. I voted at least a thousand times like that. <laughs> yeah, likewise, me too. I think I've... I'm not joking. I think I voted about 2,000 times. I don't know about you, Chris, but uh, about 2,000 times is, is probably I what I would guess. Yeah. yeah, I pushed the button a lot, yeah. Um, so they, as winners of Craft Hockeyville USA, uh, it, for those of you that didn't know, it was a contest between El Paso and then three other communities. Um, I believe the other communities were East F- Grand Forks, Minnesota, Wichita, Kansas, and River Falls, Wisconsin. So there's two Two big hockey markets. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So Minnesota and Wisconsin. So the fact that the El Paso community showed up for that or, you know, even just Texans in general showed up for that and gave them the money. uh, That's awesome. They win $150,000 in rink upgrades. That is going to be huge. Awesome for Texas hockey. Really just shows what what's happened to the sport recently. Super cool. And I'm really excited for this because, you know, uh, I live out in West Texas, just south of Odessa, for those of you that don't know. So that's actually kind of close to me. So with El Paso winning, you got to think that, you know, Dallas is probably going to play a uh, preseason game there. It's got to be Dallas, been, right? It has been the it tradition. It has to be Dallas. It's going to be Dallas, I bet. It, it, they might do Arizona, maybe Dallas and Arizona. <laughs> that would that's, make sense. That, that would be but... cool. That would be cool. Also, a side fringe benefit, I get to watch a Dallas Stars preseason game. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it will be telecast live on TV. Right, on, uh, on NBC. Telecast SN. on TV. Telecast on TV. Sorry, I've been using the word tele- telecast a lot with my job. So, y'all don't care about that, so I won't talk about that. Okay, anyways. So, let's talk about the game today. Uh... Like I said, I've most I was mostly ticked off through about forty minutes of the game. Uh, what's your overall take yeah. on this? I don't know why you're ticked off. I liked the game. It was fun to watch. It was awesome jumping ahead three goals. Obviously, we were super dominant the first period. Is more is more Colorado was bad than we were good. Like we we still were decent. I mean, we looked fine. We looked like we were playing well, but like we didn't look like we were super dominant. But Colorado was playing terrible. Franco was not good. And we take advantage in the first period, which was awesome. Yeah, they did not show up in that first period, uh, the Avs. They absolutely did not. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go back to this. They they didn't play a full 60 minutes in this game. I think they they played a better overall 60 minutes in game three and lost compared to this game where I think we played for... 15 minutes of the first period and then maybe about 10 the last 10 minutes in um in the thir- well not even the last 10 minutes like the middle 10 minutes of the third period and, I think uh, the whole period was pretty good after Rope Hintz's goal on the power play but we'll talk we'll talk about that later well <laughs> uh, in, the, in the first period I think we kind of did what uh what Colorado failed to do in game two so in game two when they had 20 shots in the in the first period of the game, and they just had Dallas on their heels, they only scored one goal. 
and it comes back and bites him in the butt, and Dallas wins the game. That could have very well happened this game, too. Dallas was obviously on him the whole time, but they don't let up at one goal, and they don't have a hot goaltender to stop them, and we score three goals, and that really set the tone for the whole game. It's Colorado trying to scramble back, and they're not a built team to do that, like the Dallas Stars are. Yeah, and Doby played well that game. I, I, I don't he think he was as, that game. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he was as strong today. But the Stars bailed him out today. So and, and also Kyle McCarr. He was pretty good today, still too. <laughs> yeah, Kyle McCarr was pretty. Yeah, ha. If you think if you think McCarr is better than Haskinen, just watch that clip. But anyway, yeah. I think Dobby did play a good game today. He had a couple big saves. Obviously, <laughs> the Nachushkin shot was kind of ridiculous. Pretty lazy play there, mm-hmm. but that would kind of offset the McCarr. The McCarr goal, but he he played well overall. If you get rid of the stupid one, it's three goals, so not terrible. You know, sorry, a random interesting fact. I just I just saw on Twitter <laughs> that Mark Andre Fleury is actually in for Las Vegas tonight for goal. That'll be oh. interesting. I know, right? Yeah, he's gonna. It's the first time he's been in in a while. Anyways, okay, so let's talk about one of the things that why I was ticked off through like two-thirds of the game go for it, it the freaking penalties man <laughs> oh, yeah. that was man, frustrating you know and i i think i felt what the what the colorado avalanche felt that other game when they said that they were not getting any penalty calls or anything and yet they still had like eight power plays and we had like four or yeah five that, or something that's like that. true but the stars make it make it pay for the avalanche three power play goals that was that's pretty exceptional right but uh, there were there were still man, there multiple s- calls that could have been made, and then well, some ticky tacky ones that were called on us. Right, and and then even there was the, there were the ticky tacky ones that were called on Colorado. Yeah, those are, defense, those are actually more frustrating. Like, yeah, and it's just like, why are you giving us the power plays when that that's not a penalty? Like, uh, <laughs> the, I, I I forgot which one it was. I'd have to look it up. But there was one power, there was one penalty that they had that I was just like that that's. Uh, like looking at Colorado, I'm like, I'm sorry, that's not a penalty, and and it was absolutely just for retribution for all of the missed calls that the refs had. And yeah. you know me, I'm not a huge person to get mad at the refs, and I've I've ne- I've almost never gotten mad at the refs, but there were just, especially in that first period, there were just so many stinking missed calls that I was just sitting there like, you know, we could have like seven or eight power plays right now, and then none yeah. of them, and I would. This would have been absolutely worse if Colorado had tied this game. Was that last uh, play that McKinnon had on Hintz, when Hintz basically had an open net and he he had to step on uh, Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon basically grabbed him and pulled him back and shoved him down. And I, I don't and there was no call on that. That there was no call on that. And I and I I stood up and yelled and I was like that should have been the end of the game right there. Yeah, we can we can get into some some Nathan McKinnon favoritism along with that. There was multiple missed calls on Nathan McKinnon for I think we know obvious reasons, along with the one on Hints skating down the ice to end the game on a breakaway, and the the ref doesn't call it because he tripped him with his foot like that's legal, and then we mm. see on the replay he did he actually did trip him with his stick. <laughs> but whatever, <laughs> it's fine. It's Nathan McKinnon. We can't call penalties on him. And then the most ridiculous thing, the hit on Corey Perry was absolutely disgusting, and it was predatory. 
There's no way you can go back and watch that and think otherwise. The shoulder comes up into his head when he's turning. I understand the turnaway play, but your shoulder does not go up when you're turning when you're skating. It goes down. So that was absolutely a predatory shoulder to the face, disgusting hit. If Corey Perry does that, he's not in this game, and he's not in two more games after that, and we have a five-minute major. The fact that he gets a two-minute penalty for that is absolutely ridiculous, and I, I still think he should get a... He should get a suspension, but if Corey Perry was hurt, he would no doubt be suspended for at least a game. Well, maybe not. He's Nathan McKinnon, so he does no wrong. So, I don't know. Nah, I, yeah, I'll, I'll disagree with you on that. Maybe at the most it could have been a five-minute major, but I think the right the right call was made in the two-minute minor. It, you, I, I, you, I'm you saying do, a game because you, of because of the predatory nature of it. Throwing a shoulder into somebody's chin, it, it's it's gross. I, I don't like it. I thought the hit was dirty when I saw it live, and I thought it was even worse when I saw it in replay. So, it that peed me off. Well, the uh, the Jamie Ben hit also was pretty bad too. The illegal check to the head. At first, I was just like I, I didn't see it, and so I had no idea what what really happened. But when you go back and look at that, it it looked pretty bad. That one's not as bad though because the guy leaned into Jamie, and Jamie into accidentally Jamie. Go, hits hits him in the head first. So yes, I think it's. It's a penalty, technically. It's always a weird call when they call hit to the head because that never happens. But the guy's leaning forward to get a puck. Corey Perry is standing up straight and doesn't know where the puck is, and McKinnon throws a shoulder into his jawbone. That's It's honestly ridiculous. Yeah, uh, maybe the calling will be better tomorrow, tomorrow night, but there are just so many missed penalties that I felt like we could have taken advantage on. And instead of a three nothing lead, maybe we would have a four or five nothing lead. Yeah, and, um, and like we said earlier, it's not just missed penalties. It's like they call these not penalties, and then they don't call these penalties. <laughs> and and like especially when it would lead to a scoring chance for the stars, like that happened last game. It happened this game with Rope. So I, it's it's this officiating crew is really confusing me. I don't I don't know what's up. <laughs> well, and then uh, nothing made me more frustrated when that. They gave Colorado a five-on-three power play. I forgot. Okay, yes. This was the other thing I was so mad about. <laughs> Rant time. <laughs> I have never in my life of watching hockey seen two minors called on the same play. That does not happen. It was a regular hook and a regular interference call, and they called both of them. I've never seen that happen against the Stars or any other team in any game ever. That is absolutely asinine. It's giving them a goal. And that's why it's not called, because it is gifting the other team a goal when you give them two minutes of five on three. Any team that's worth anything, and if they're in the quarterfinals, they're worth something, is going to score on a five on three. So that was absolutely asinine. It was ridiculous. It frustrated me beyond belief. Yeah, I agree. And that's just asking Colorado to get back into the game as well. It's giving them a goal. There's no other way to say it. If Dallas gets a two-minute five-on-three, they're scoring. If any, if the Canucks get a five-on-three, they're scoring. Like it's, it, it's terrible. You can't call that. It's, it's not a good call. Yeah, it's just not. I that that's when I I was holding uh, I was holding Maddie, uh, my baby daughter, for those of you listening, and I told my wife I was just like. Amanda, you're going to have to take her because I was getting really mad. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, I, I just need to chill out for a second. So I walked I walked away after the second period and just, just kind of walked away. And then, and at that point, I was watching it recorded. So I, I kind of just let the intermission play. 
and uh, gave gave myself some time to, like, chill out and think about it and just hope that the stars came back, which they did. Um, Well, they didn't come back. They they played better. Yes. Well, they played. We know what you meant. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what I meant. Like, that second period was not good. And, you know, honestly, I was thinking in the first period, it's like that first period looked like a video game. Like, someone was controlling the stars with their little controller, and then the computer was playing for Colorado on, like, the rookie difficulty setting. And it, it it's just everything was going our way until, like, the last two minutes. I mean, we had, like, ten shots in goal. They had nothing. We had three goals. Uh, we were getting all the power plays, all that sort of stuff. Um, but anyways, I'm just glad they came back in the third period and actually started playing a little bit better. So, anyways, let's look at some of the some of the stats for tonight. Uh, big game changer for the Stars tonight again, and I never thought I'd be saying this, but their power play <laughs> is a huge difference maker in this game again. Three power play goals. That was that was great. It was good to take advantage of. Colorado obviously was told that they needed to play chippier and. I don't think that was the correct decision made by their coach. I think they should have gone with their speed and tried to just ignore our physical play, but they obviously haven't. They've fallen into our trap and are trying to outmuscle us, and we make them pay for it. So I think that's definitely a great thing for us. Well, the thing is, it on that point is you're technically right. We are way better at the physical side of the game, but Colorado, they've got those running gun guys, you know, Nathan McKinnon, Kill McCarr. Uh, Miko Ranton and those guys that can skate really fast, but they still have some guys who can put the body on. I mean, they've got uh, Pierre uh, Edward Belmar, I think is his name. Belmar is his last name. I know that for sure. He played. I remember when he played for Philadelphia, and the only re- the only reason I remember him is because he and Antoine Roussel are the only French players in the NHL right now. Um, but they've got him. They've got uh, O'Connor, who actually I thought had a really good game, and. He was he was playing really well. Uh, the stats don't really show that, but you need somebody like that in in your lineup. And then uh, also Zadorov. Uh, Zadorov is a huge hitter for the for the Avalanche on their on their back end and their defense. Yeah, but, and it, it's true that they do have those big guys, but that's obviously not the way they play hockey, right? Their way of playing hockey is they're trying to get stretch passes and they're trying to blow by people. And they try – I think they did try and tell those guys specifically because we did see more of them on the ice and m- them making their presence known by by hitting and checking and forearms into the boards, which I saw a lot of. Did you notice that? After yeah, they were yeah, hitting that was weird. Been forearms – in the, that was gross. Tukur, tukur, but, tukur, yeah, tukur. just slamming their heads into the boards. I don't know what that was about, but we make them pay for it in the end because they're obviously going to get more penalties if they're going to play that chippy the way we did. We got eight penalties last game, so uh, turn well, tables on them. Turn tables on them. How my have the tables have turned, or what? What is it that uh, Michael says in the office? How the turn tables? Oh my gosh. And okay. Then he forgot. <laughs> Next stat, Nathan McKinnon with the second most ice time on the entire team. A forward with the second most ice time on the entire team. The only guy with more ice time is Makar, who gave us a goal. <laughs> so Thank you, Makar. I think it is finally burning Nathan McKinnon on these games because this game he did not look as fast. 
If you like, we didn't we didn't notice him blowing by people. He made a he made a couple good plays, but he was more making good passes, which he's just in position for. He didn't really have any great stick handling dangles. He didn't make any great shots. He didn't really make any flashy plays like he did the first three games all over the place. So I think this much ice time is definitely hurting him. And like even the announcers pointed out that they were double shifting him into Chushkin's line just because they wanted him to play more. So it's it's pretty ridiculous how he's still alive at this point, in my opinion. I don't know how he can play forward shifts of an NHL hockey game at full speed for 22 minutes, but I think it's finally starting to wear on him. Yeah, and the other thing is is that uh, just Nachuskin wasn't playing well either. Uh, I, I think that's yes. I think you're right in the fact that they just wanted Nathan McKinnon to play more. Which obviously, wh- why would you not want Nathan McKinnon to play more? But Nachushkin, he Two has goals. Been... It's hard to say he played bad. Well, well, that the, this is before. So before he started playing well and get, yes. he got those two goals, he was not playing well. And Bednar said, "All right, man, you're out. I'm going to throw McKinnon on there because uh, he. We're, I'm just going to double shift him, and you're not playing well anyways. So I'm just going to take you off. And then uh, the the other thing, I'll, I'll go back to the whole hitting thing and playing physical uh, because one of the things that Patrick Sharp said in the post-game show right after the game ended is he said that the Avalanche, the only way they're going to survive this series is if they match the physicality of the Dallas Stars. And you know what? That sounds, and we're going to go, I'm going to go back and say it again, this sounds exactly like uh, the Blues series. Yep. The exact, except we're on the opposite side. We yep. were on the opposite side looking in, and I, re- I remember people, the commentators, saying that about the Stars and thinking, you know, they've got a great team. They do, but they just can't match the physicality of the Blues. And I think and- I think that stuff's going to break as soon as one team finally says, okay, we're not going to play playoff hockey. We're going to play the way we played in the regular season. I think once a team finally steps up and does that for a full series, that it's going to break this whole stigma of playoff hockey being such a different game than regular season hockey but it hasn't happened yet maybe i'm wrong i'm not a coach just my (laughs) hot take for the day well and that was obviously one of the things that bonus told his crew beforehand he's like i want you to go out there and i want you to punish them and get their butts on the ground and that was obvious when you put radic fox uh andrew cogliano and blake como on your starting shift and i think they've started them every game yeah, so that's obvious that that's what he wanted. And, you know, Cogliano set the tone really early. And, I mean, within the first 30 seconds of the game, he, he went after their defense when we got it down deep into their zone. And it was just like that, I mean, yep. immediate. And like we and, said before, this, te- this team was built for playoffs. That's what we did. We, we lost to the Blues. We figured it out. We're like, okay, we're going to add some physicality. And, like, Cogliano knows he's not a great player. Like, he knows that. He knows he's not going to score goals and get assists, but he's going to work the hardest of anyone on the ice is what I see every time he's out there. He's always skating the hardest. He's always got a stick on the other guy's stick, and he's always going for the puck. And even if (laughs) when he gets it, he has no idea what to do with it, he's still a pest, and he's still bothering the other team, and he's he's just a a great great fourth-line player. I I think we've got the best fourth line in the league right now. Well, if you can even call them a fourth line. Yeah, I, te- I really don't. They're technically a fourth line because they can't score. Yeah, they can't but... score at all, so they're a fourth line. <laughs> but I mean, like, when you look at the stars, all four lines are getting rotated through. That's just how Bonus plays. 
And you know and that's some... what the team was built for. J- yeah, Jim and... Bill adds these guys because they add stuff to the team. They he, he doesn't have any filler guys because the cap room is gone. That's why this team the the build of this team is so great in my opinion. Yep, and that's why and I really think Jim Nell learned from that blue series that you know it it doesn't matter what position we get in the regular season. If we can just get into the playoffs and if I have a team that's built for playoff hockey, we can go deep if we do the right things. And obviously that's been proven true in this. Um, yep. It was not a strong game by either team in any stretch of the imagination, in my opinion. There were stretches when each team was pretty decent and doing pretty good. But honestly, Colorado con- controlled this game for about 45 minutes of the game. And I disagree. I think, I think they controlled the second period, definitely. And the very beginning of the third, they looked scary. But I think the first period was obviously the Stars, except for the last like minute where they got like four shots, which was crazy. And then the beginning of the third, the Avalanche were pretty much in control. So I think I think it was Stars in the beginning, Colorado in the middle, Stars in the end. So, you know, I, but I think we make them play more with our three goals. So, and I think that's why Dallas wins so easily. Well. Right, it's because it's it's of our start. And you know what? A couple of years ago, uh, we could not start the game to save our lives. <laughs> so, But anyways, so one of the biggest things that I think we can take away from this game is the play of two people. First off, I'll mention Rope Hintz. Uh, that guy is starting to get better. I don't know if he's going to be the prolific goal scorer that we need him to be later on, you know, after the playoffs, but he he is playing great, and it just shows on that that goal was a goal scorer's goal, his goal, it was a goal scorer's goal, and you knew that because when he got the puck, he could have just one timed it, and whoever was diving in front of him would have blocked the shot probably. Yeah, I think but that's what every instead, other third liner in the league would do. Yeah, and instead, he took the puck, he waited, he dangled around him. And he waited for his opportunity to take the shot, and he and he put it in the back of the net. That is a goal scorer's goal. If he can do that, he could he could easily be one of the stars' best players. Yeah, and I, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that opens up some floodwaters for him too, because he did. I think he did have another goal earlier, but it was kind of a scrappy goal. He was kind of just slapping at the puck, and he got it to go in. But this one was a really nice goal. I think if he can find his hands, which he really hasn't had for pretty much the last part of the season before COVID hit and the beginning of this playoffs. But if he can find his hands and he can get around guys the way they were him and Gariano were in the regular season, it's going to be real dangerous as we move on. And you know, what's even better is I'll mention Mr. Raddick Fox said, you can't not mention him in this game. Just it, he, he quietly does everything right. You know, when we got him as a first round pick way back when, he, we kind of expected him to have a more offensive mentality to the game, and it, we expected him to score goals and assists and stuff like that. And now he hasn't done that with the Stars organization, but he has completely reinvented himself, his game, and he plays that defensive side of the game. And it is so nice every once in a while to see him get rewarded for his hard work. He yeah, quietly shows- does everything right. That just shows how, how good of a person and an athlete he was. Because, like, he, he was a goal scorer, right? So his entire c- 
career before the NHL and before getting drafted, he was the guy. And he was the guy everyone looked to to go and score the big goal and the goal in overtime. And he gets to the NHL and he just can't do it. And, like, he could feel bad for himself and just give up and not really care. But he, he figures out a way to be of use to his team. He learns how to play defense. He learns how to skate hard. And he learns how to grind for every puck. And he's, he's become a great player. After and, people have said he was a bust, too. So lots of people, I remember three and four years ago, were calling, like, oh, Roddick Foxa was, he's just so bad. He's a fourth liner with a first overall pick. Not worth it. But he, he's turned out to be a great player. Maybe not what we had envisioned, but what we need, really. Right. And, and you know, a lot of people think that, oh, when you get these first line people, that they have to be, like, these running gun guys, like a Nathan McKinnon or, like, a... Uh, ranting in something like that like a really prolific goal scorer or someone you would expect to get points but you know what makes a great team is also their depth and you know what we got a first round pick for a depth guy and it's somebody that we really needed and the reason why we've been so great defensively especially the past two years is in part to the play of our forwards and he's part of that he is one of the best two-way forwards in the game not on a scoring level wise, maybe not like a Patrice Bergeron, but he plays everything right. He plays on the power play. He scored his goal today on the power play. Uh, he is a prolific uh, penalty killer, and he when sometimes when he, when our some of the other players are not stepping up, he does. And you know any team, any team in the league, if we said that Roddick Foxa was on the trading block, all thirty, all the all the rest of the 30 teams in the league would be calling Jim Neal and, and requesting, okay, what do you want for him? Because he, he is just that good of a player. Man. I didn't think we were going to get to 30 minutes on this, but it looks like we're going to get to 30 minutes on this. Yeah, are we, are we out of <laughs> topics? I think we are. Yeah, I think we are. <laughs> Last thing I'll say is that Bonus is, is doing a great job in playing all four lines. It's like when I look at the Stars – for the most part, all of their forwards are between like, you know, it, it's it's very average. It's not like there's one one forward that's playing a, a crap ton more than everybody else. So I, I'm happy he's finally done that. what I've been asking him to do all season. Let's just leave the lines and let him figure it out. And I definitely yep. figured it out, and they're on a roll right now, and they keep it going even after a loss. Which it it would be easy to get on a five game winning streak, take a loss like that, and to just get another one obviously really quick but great mindset from the stars way to hang in there and just come right back at the at the next game and obviously from a great start yep all right guys we'll leave you all at that we'll see y'all tomorrow night uh we got a game what, what time is it at chris Eight forty-five. Oh, uh, late <laughs> yeah yeah I'll, I'll, i i don't think it's nine thirty late but i think it is like eight forty-five or something like that go look it up yourself sorry we didn't do our job um, <laughs> this Our job is to talk about stuff. We're not trying to tell <laughs> them what stuff is. All right, guys. This has been Starcastic Remarks with Ryan and Chris. Thank you all for tuning in. We are the only Dallas Stars fan-led podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at StarcasticR. You can follow us on our Facebook page. Like us there. And then you can also find us wherever you get your podcasts. Stars win this afternoon slash evening with a final score of 5-4. to four. And we will see you guys on the flip side. Good night. You can do it, Canucks. <laughs> <laughs>